Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and give my podcast five stars. Also, follow me on all of my social media platforms. The Gratitude Chick for both Instagram and Facebook, Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter, and on TikTok, Babes Who Manifest. Also, for all of my reading babes, check out the new reading merch on the website, www.bwmmerch.com. and welcome back to another episode of your weekly devotional with the gratitude chick today we are picking back up in first samuel starting with chapter number 23 um as a reminder remember in last um week's episode last sunday um we learned about saul's intense jealousy towards david as he kind of chased David around Israel to kill him. So we are picking um, right back up there um, and trying to find out where this journey goes, when David's going to become king, and what is going to happen to Saul. So I've already prayed before I started um, recording, so let's get into the chapter 23. And just as a reminder... I do um, add my own commentary. It is my opinion. So if you don't agree, that is fine too. Um, we can always have a dialogue. Feel free to email me at babeswhomanifest at gmail.com or, you know, just find me on any of my social medias and let's have a dialogue. Okay. And I also read in the New King James Version. Then they told David saying, look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah, and they are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. What I think is interesting is that with Saul, he had to have Samuel there to pray, you know, to go before him to get the answers that the Lord wanted or or that he wanted of the Lord. But here, David sought the Lord himself. Very interesting. But David's men said to him, look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord again. Okay? He inquired again. And I wonder if this has to do with the fact that David is obedient and the Lord had already um, um, kind of sanctified David or what is it called? Um, Anointed David. So David had the ability to come before the Lord himself. And you, you guys remember that in the Old Testament, there was a way of doing things because Jesus had not died and he was not the intercessor yet so as a result the priests were kind of elevated in those times and they went before the lord on behalf of the people um and i want i I believe it is because of the anointing and while saul was anointed i think that because um 
with Saul, he had so many uh, rules set because I think that back then God was the king of the people and because the, the people asked for a king they could see, God put restraints on what Saul could do. And one of those restraints is that he had to go, you know, use the priest to go as a go-between. And Saul didn't. So remember early on, Saul, you know, kind of lost his anointing because he disobeyed, like, early on. And I think that's probably the difference here is that Saul lost his anointing, but David is still anointed. Then David inquired of the Lord once again, and the Lord answered him and said, Arise. Go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. And David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow, and took away their livestock. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. Now it happened when Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Keilah, that he went down with an ephod in his hand. And Saul was told that David had gone to Keilah, So Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. Then Saul called all the people together for war to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. When David knew that Saul plotted evil against him, he said to Abiathar the priest, bring the ephod here. Then David said, O Lord, God of Israel, your servant has certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Keilah deliver me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. Then then David said, will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver you. So David and his men, about 600, rose and departed from Keilah and went wherever they could go. Then it was told Saul that David had escaped from Keilah, so he halted the expedition. And David David stayed in the strongholds in in the strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day. How? How much hate do you have to have? Like, how much jealousy do you have to have that you neglect your duties as king to go and chase after a man you know in your heart is set to replace you, but and, and, and you are so jealous as a result? That's crazy. And you know that you lost your anointing. Like, come on. Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. So David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the land of Saul, my father, shall not find you. For the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. So the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. And David stayed in the woods, and Jonathan went to his own house. Then the Ziphites came up to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is David not hiding with us in strongholds in the woods, in the hills of Hakilah, which is on the south of 
Jeshimon. Now, therefore, O king, come down according to all the desire of your soul to come down, and our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hands. And Saul said, and Saul said, Blessed are you of the Lord, for you have compassion on me. Please go and find out for sure and see the place where his hideout is and who has seen him there. For I am told he is very crafty. See therefore and take knowledge of all the lurking places where he hides and come back to see me with, um, come back to me with certainty. And I will go with you and it shall be if he is in the land that I will search for him throughout all the clans of Judah. So they arose and went to Ziph before Saul. But David and his men were in the wilderness of Maun, in the plain on the south of Jeshimon. When Saul and his men went to seek him, they told David, Therefore he went down to the rock and stayed in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard that, he pursued David in the wilderness of Maon. Then Saul went on one side of the mountain, and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. So David made haste to get away from Saul, for Saul and his men were encircling David and his men to take them. But a messenger came to Saul saying, hurry and come for the Philistines have invaded the land. See, you are so staunch on your disobedience that you have left your entire flank opened. So now your enemy has invaded because you have you are so jealous and you're led with hatred that you are so hard against this man that you know is the next king that you know God has appointed as the next king but you're so disobedient that you have proven yourself to be a horrible king and that you have let your enemy invade your city because you are being disobedient this is Saul and what what is reflective in Saul and, and this may be hard to hear it's reflective in us all it's reflective in us all. His actions, we've all made. We've all done something crazy trying to keep what we believe is ours. We've all done something like this in the past. And and the purpose of me reading this story is to, to show really the difference between him and David. And it's not a difference in like sin because they are both sinful it is the difference to me in praise in obedience and 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 not in obedience as far as sin is concerned in obedience to god's word and his proclamations and things like that so for me both of them are sinful like completely sinful but david is i don't i don't know his praise his gratefulness is what sets him apart to me from all of us. And David is kind of my inspiration because here is a man who is one of the worst sinners in the Bible, but is still a man after God's own heart because of his praise, his acknowledgement of his sin, and his gratefulness, you know? That is why I love David so much. (coughs) Excuse me. Mm. Therefore Saul returned from pursuing David and went against the Philistines, so so they called that place the Rock of Escape. Then David went up from there 
dwelt in strongholds at En Gedi. Okay, let's get to the next one. Sorry, I'm reading on my Kindle and it it doesn't like take me straight to the next chapter. I have to go out and go back in. Okay, so chapter chapter 24. Now it happened when Saul had returned from following the Philistines that it was told him saying, take note, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats. So he came to the sheepfolds by the road where there was a cave, and Saul went in to attend to his needs. David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave. Then the men of David said to him, This is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand, that you may do to him as it seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Now it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. And he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master. The Lord's anointed to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So at this moment, I guess David is not privy to the fact that, that Saul has lost his anointing. So David restrained his servants with these words and did not allow them to rise against Saul. And Saul got up from the cave and went on his way. David also arose afterward, went out to the cave and called out to Saul saying, My Lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed down. And David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of men who say, Indeed, David seeks your harm. Look this day, your eyes have seen the Lord delivered you today into my hand in the cave. And someone urged me to kill you, but my eyes spared you. And I said, I will not stretch out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. My Moreover, my father, see, yes, see the corner of your robe in my hand. For in that I cut off the corner of your, of your robe and did not kill you. No, and see that there is neither evil nor rebellion in my hand and I have not sinned against you yet you hunt my life to take it let the Lord judge between you and me and let the Lord avenge me me on you but my hand shall not be against you as the proverb of the ancients say wickedness proceeds from the wicked but my hand shall not be against you after whom has the king of Israel come out whom do you pursue? A dead dog? A flea? Therefore let the Lord be judge and judge between you and me and see and plead my case and deliver me out of your hand. So it was when David had finished speaking these words to Saul that Saul said, Is this your voice, my son David? So that's your, that's your response. <laughs> and Saul lifted up his voice and wept. Then he said to David, You are more righteous than I. For you have rewarded me with good, whereas I have rewarded you with evil. And you have shown this day how you have dealt well with me. For when the Lord delivered me into your hand, you did not kill me. For if a man finds his enemy, will he let him get away safely? Therefore, may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. And now I know indeed that you shall surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. So he is actually stating this as kind of a proclamation. But will that stop him from seeking to kill David? 
even though David could have killed him, but spared him. Will this stop him? Let's find out. Therefore, swear swear now to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants after me and that you will not destroy my name from my father's house. So David swore to Saul and Saul went home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold. Okay, so that was chapter 24. Let us get to chapter number 25. Uh Uh-oh. Then Samuel died, and the Israelites gathered together and lamented for him, and buried him at his home in Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. Now there was a man... Okay, so now here's where it gets spicy, where we see kind of how... I don't want to say the sins of David, because that sounds so like morose but I would say we we see I guess the purpose is to show us that that David is a sinful man some people take this and say oh well you know God allows us to have multiple wives and wrong Mm. I think the reason why he shows these things is to show how sinful you know these people were back in you know these you want to say the biblical times or back in the days when the Bible was written um, to show us here today that people like David who was full of sin can still be, you know, gracious or be, be showed mercy in the, in the eyes of the Lord because of his praise. And, and he was found worthy despite his sin, you know. Now there was a man in Maon whose business was in Carmel. And the man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. The name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance. But the man was harsh and evil in his doings. He was of the house of Caleb. When David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep, David sent 10 young men and David said to the young men, go up to Carmel, go to Nabal and greet him in my name. And thus you shall say to him who lives in prosperity, peace be to you, peace to your house and peace to all that you have. Now I have heard that you have shearers, your shepherds who are with us and we did not hurt them, nor was there anything missing from them all the while they were in Carmel. Ask your young men and they will tell you. Therefore, let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come on a feast day. Please give whatever comes to your hand to your servants and to your son David. So when David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal according to all these words in the name of David and waited. Then, then maybe his name is Nabal. Then Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David and who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away each one from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shearers and give it to men who I do not know where they are from? So David's young men turned on their heels and went back and they came and told him all these words. Then David said to his men, every man gird on his sword. 
So every man girded on his sword, and David also girded on his sword. And about 400 men went with David, and 200 stayed with the supplies. Now one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Look, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, and he reviled them. But the men were very good to us, and we were not hurt, nor did we miss anything as long as we accompanied them when we were in the fields. They were a wall to us by both day and night, all the time we were with them keeping the sheep. Now therefore know and consider what you will do, for harm is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such a scoundrel scoundrel, that one cannot speak to him. Wow. Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, five seahs of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of figs, and loaded them on donkeys. And she said to her servants, Go on before me. See, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. So it was, as she rode on the donkey, that she went down under cover of the hill, and there were David and his men coming down toward her, and she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain I have protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that belongs to him. And he has repaid me evil for good. May God do so, and more also to the enemies of David, if I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light." Now when Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David, and bowed down to the ground. So she fell at his feet and said, Oh, on me, my lord, on me let this iniquity be, and please let your maidservant speak in your ears, and hear the words of your maidservant. Please let not my lord regard this scoundrel Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. Now, therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand, now then let your enemies and those who seek harm for my Lord be as Nabal. And now this present which your maidservant has brought to you, Lord, let it be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant, for the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house, because the Lord fights the battles of the Lord. It's a lot of lords going on. And evil is not found in you throughout your days. Yet a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life. But the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. And the lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from the pocket of a sling. And it shall come to pass when the Lord has done for my Lord, according to all the good he has spoken concerning you, and has appointed you ruler over Israel, that this will be no grief to you, nor offense of heart to my Lord, either that you have shed blood without cause, or that my Lord has avenged himself. But when the Lord has dealt, has dealt well with my Lord, then remember your maidservant." Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, who sent you this day to meet me. And blessed is your advice, and blessed are you, because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. 
I'm sorry. I say blessed. It's, 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 I know it's blessed. I, I get it. It's just something that I grew up with and it's hard for me to say blessed when I see the word. I know it doesn't make sense. Sorry. For indeed, as the Lord God Israel lives, who has kept me from hurting you, unless you had, unless you had hurried and come to meet me, surely by morning light, no males would have been left to Nabal. So David received from her hand what she had brought him and said to her, go up in peace to your house. See, how, see, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. Now Abigail went to Nabal, and there he was holding a feast in his house, like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. Therefore she told him nothing, little or much, until morning light. So it was in the morning, when the wine had gone from Nabal, and his wife had told him these things, that his heart died within him, and he became like a stone. Then it happened, after about ten days, that the Lord struck Nabal, and he died. So when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil. For the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. And David sent and proposed to Abigail to take her as his wife. When the servants of David had come to Abigail at Carmel, they spoke to her saying, David sent us to you to ask you to become his wife. Then she arose, bowed her head, her face to the earth, and said, Here is your maidservant, a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. So Abigail rose in haste and rode on a donkey, attended by five of her maidens, and she followed the messengers of David and became his wife. David also took Ahinahem of Jezreel, and so both of them were his wives. But Saul had given Michael his daughter, David's wife, to Palti, the son of Laish, who was from Gileam. So now we see that David has, for all intents and purposes, broken one of the commandments um, by saying, what does it say? Thou should not commit adultery. So at this point, was that chapter 24, 25? I think that was chapter 25. Yeah. Um, So at this point, we see how Daniel was starting to move about in that he is now at the point where he is starting to take multiple wives. So I, although we're only 25 minutes in, I'm going to read this last chapter 26 today. Um, I'm trying to kind of hurry us through because the first Samuel has 30 something chapters. So I want to be able to finish this um finish this cha- this uh book up so we can get to second Samuel. Uh so chapter 26. Now the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah saying, "Is David not hiding in the hills of Hakila uh, opposite Jeshimon?" Then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, having 3,000 men of Israel with him to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. So here we go again with Saul back seeking and trying to kill David, even after David spared him. So Saul is really at this point scrambling. And the, 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 the crazy part of Saul and what I really think is what's turning his mind crazy is the fact that not only does he realize he 
lost his anointing. He has lost his kingdom. But for some reason, he is not... I don't even think this fight is against David. I feel like it's against God. Because you know that you've lost these things, that God has stripped you of them. So why fight so hard against David when it's not David's fault? You know what I mean? (sighs) Crazy. And Saul encamped in the hill of Hakulai, which is the opposite Jeshimon, by the road. But David stayed in the wilderness, and he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness. David therefore sent out spies and understood that Saul had indeed come. So David arose and came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where Saul lay, and Abner the son of Ner, the commander of his army. Now Saul lay within the camp with the people encamped all around him. Then David answered and said to Ahimelech the Hittite and to Abishah the son of Zariah, brother of Joab, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? In the camp. And Abishah said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishah came to the people by night, and there Saul lay sleeping within the camp, with his spear stuck in the ground by his head. And Abner and the people lay all around him. Then Abishah said to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hand this day. Now, therefore, please let me strike him at once with a spear right to the earth, and I will not have to strike him a second time. But David said to Abishai, Do not destroy him, for who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? Do you see how David is obedient to God? The Bible says, Touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. David is obeying that voice even though he is not aware that Saul is not anointed anymore. As far as he is concerned, Saul is still anointed, and he is following the directive that says, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. David said, therefore, as the Lord lives, the Lord shall strike him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall go out to battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. But please take now the spear and the jug of water that are by his head and let us go. So David took the spear and the jug of water by Saul's head and they got away. And no man saw or knew it or awoke. For they were all asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. Now David went out, went over to the other side and stood on the top of a hill afar, afar off, a great distance being between them. And David called out to the people and to Abner, the son of Ner, saying, Do you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered and said, Who are you calling out to the king? So David said to Abner, Are you not a man? And who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not guarded your lord, the king? For one of the people came in to destroy your lord, the king. This thing that you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, you deserve to die, because you have not guarded your master, the Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the jug of water that was by his head. Then Saul knew David's voice and said, Is that your voice, my son David? David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. And he said, Why does my lord thus pursue his servant? For what have I done, or what evil is in my hand? 
Now, therefore, please let my lord the king hear the words of his servant. If the Lord has stirred you up against me, let him accept an offering. But if it is the children of men, may they be cursed before the Lord. For they have driven me out this day from sharing in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, Go serve other gods. So now do not let my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea as when, hunt, as when one hunts a partridge in the mountains. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Return my son David, for I will harm you no more. Sounds like a lie. Because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Indeed, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. And David answered and said, Here is the king's spear. Let one of the young men come and get it. Come over and get it. May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today. But I would not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. And indeed, as your life was valued much this day in my eyes, so let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord and let him deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, May you be blessed, my son David. You shall both do great things and also still prevail. So David went on his way and Saul returned to his place. It does not sound as if Saul is done. Because at what Saul has decided is that he wants to kill David. That is what he has decided in Saul. So the only time Saul feels remorse is when he realizes David could have killed him but spared him. This is the second time David could have killed him but spared his life. And does that mean that Saul is done? What do you think? Do you think Saul is done? So um, it, it, we are at about 33 minutes in. And I think what I'll do is leave the remaining five chapters of First Samuel for the next um, next week's episode. So what I have realized for today, um, for from today's reading is this. God has given us the power to speak life or death in our lives. Because the Bible tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? God has given us the power to get wealth. We know that from Deuteronomy. God has made us in his image and in his likeness to be able to speak and create, to bring forth. The Bible says that we can call those things that be not as though they were. We have that ability. However, disobedience separates us from God. The Bible says that sin separates us from God. So if it is his power that he lends us to help us to have an abundant life and we neglect that power by being disobedient, how does our lives turn out? How does our lives turn out? Because the Bible said it is through him that we have this this, this abundance. So if we try to do this on our own, how does your life turn out when you try to sidestep God? When you try when you are disobedient to the word of the Lord? When you try to maneuver around him? How does your life turn out? 
Now, I, I am a, a huge proponent in the laws of the universe. I am. The law of attraction and the law of vi- vibration and the law of cause and effect. They all work together. But they all work together in obedience with the, with the word of the Lord. That is one thing that people neglect to see. They all work in obedience with the word of the Lord. Now, for me, and, 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 and some of you might say, what about this person who is blessed? And what about that person who is blessed? You are seeing the outside, not the inside. You don't know what kind of turmoil those people are living in. Just because you see that they are wealthy does not mean that they are not living in, in virtual hell with inside inside you know what I mean you don't know what they're going through even with people like Jay-Z and Beyonce just recently in the past few years you've learned all of the infidelity that was going on within their marriage you don't know what people are going through just because you're looking on the outside and you see something squeaky clean the bible tells us that inside we are as filthy rags and he, he, Jesus even said to the um, Pharisees, why do you make the outside so squeaky clean when the inside is so filthy? You never know what people are going through. So don't think that because these people are, you know, sidestepping God that they have made it in life because you see so much money. There are plenty of these stars and, and, and rock stars that have killed themselves just simply because they are unhappy. Money does not bring happiness. True abundance comes from obedience to God. True abundance, true prosperity comes from, from obedience to God. Because to me, to be abundant is more than just money. Abundance is great health. Abundance is love, great love. Abundance is great mental capacity. Abundance is great wealth as well. Abundance is an overall picture of good health in mind, body, and soul. That is abundance. Abundance is not just money. And a person who thinks that money is the savior of all is a person who is going to rot inside. So, to me, in this um, this episode that I just recorded with all of these verses that we've read, we see that with all the men that's backing Saul and all that Saul appears to be as king, he is he is in a state where he's unhappy with himself. He is angry. He is pissed off. But all people can see is that he's king. Well, guess what? Being king is not making him happy. Because David disobeyed the voice of the Lord. And not only did he disobey the voice of the Lord, but we'll see in future chapters how he further goes, just further in disobeying the voice of the Lord. So what I would admonish us all is do not neglect the voice of the Lord. Do not. The Bible says to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be added to you or 
all of these things will be added to you. He says, why do you worry? He says, look at the, what does he say? Look at the, the birds. Uh, you know what? Let me just read, <laughs> read the, read the verse to you. Cause I don't want to start making up stuff. That is just, it's, it's inappropriate. I was on the road though, but I couldn't remember I used to know it verbatim, but I got, for some reason I couldn't remember it verbatim right there. And it is Matthew chapter 6. And we are going to start with verse number 27. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin and you know the lilies of the field are flowers and yet i say to you that even solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these now if god so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven will he not so much not much more clothe you O ye of little faith um he also says in verse 26 Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, And all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. You see? And this is why I always say, live for today. Because tomorrow has its own evil when tomorrow comes, or if tomorrow comes. But one of the biggest things that you get from this verse is not to worry about anything. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be added to you. But more so, do not even more so, but one of the ancillary things on on kind of the outskirts is don't worry about clothing, food, or any of these other items because God's got you is what the Bible is telling me. Stop worrying about these things. And and I will even add a caveat. Stop worrying about things you cannot control. You can't control anything. And I'll, I'll give you this example. If you are a person out here looking for a job and you are doing everything that you can, you know, applying, taking interviews, that kind of thing, You've done everything that you can. These are your inspired actions. You're doing them. Outside of that, it's out of your control. So be grateful. That's why I tell you in all things, be grateful. Do your inspired actions. Be grateful. Sit back knowing that God's got you. Keep seeking the voice of the Lord. Keep seeking his word. Keep reading. Keep being obedient. And all these things will be added unto you. So even as I say these words to you, I'm saying it to me too. 
because sometimes we all need a reminder to stop worrying. So I hope that you guys have gotten something good out of this this episode today. Um, it's interesting, right? Learning about David's backstory. I, I think it's interesting because like I said, David is my very favorite um, Bible character and I just learning more about how he became not just king, but how and why he is described as a man after God's own heart is awesome because it lets me know that I have a fighting chance. You know, if someone as sinful as David can be a man after God's own heart, what about what can I be? And that's how I see it. So don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life, guys. I promise you, your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe to me on YouTube at The Gratitude Chick. Make sure to click in my description box for the link to paid surveys, manifesting merchandise, and much more.